I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Detroit CityCast is presented by Bet Rivers. Bet Rivers Sportsbook is the industry leader when it comes to online sports betting, and it has you covered for the NFL season. They are offering same-gay parlays in all pro football matchups. They are bringing back their reduced the juice promotion on game days, and this NFL season, they have a one million dollar beat the spread challenge with thousands of dollars given away each week. Pro football betting is more rewarding at Bet Rivers. Download the app. Or go to BetRivers.com to bet. This is the Detroit City Cast with Dan Leach, presented by Bet Rivers. And welcome in Wild Wednesday edition of the Detroit City Cast. So much to get to, including my great friend, one of my favorite people, longtime radio partner, and just a generally incredible human being, the great Dennis Fithian will join us in just a bit, talking Michigan football, Indy, and hopefully beyond, and just how this insane and unbelievable year has seen Michigan climb up the rankings, beat their their nemesis, Ohio State, for seemingly the first time in forever, and what could be in the horizon for Jim Harbaugh and the youngest team in the Big Ten. Also, I'm going to update the latest results of the, the Dan Campbell approval poll. You can always vote on those every week at DanLeach971 on Twitter. And boy, have the results flipped, and no surprise there, after the absurd loss on Thursday on Thanksgiving to the Chicago Bears. And I call it absurd. Not that the Lions are a good team, but, you know, you just have Andy Dalton out there, and you have all these chances, and the Lions' offense looks good, and Jared Goff comes back, and the Lions call back-to-back timeouts and basically screw themselves out of a possible win, which probably would be their only win this season. I mean, can they beat Denver? Maybe. Probably not. Can they beat Atlanta? Maybe. Probably not. Can they beat a Green Bay team that's resting all its starters? Maybe. Probably not. That's why it's absurd. But first, let's take a trip to the Motown betting window. And it's brought to you by our great friends at Bat Rivers. And we'll start with the Big Ten title game. Not much movement on this for the last couple of days. Michigan minus 10.5 against Iowa. I'll be out there. Saturday night in Indy, I'll give you a full report. We'll do a big post-game show uh, after the drive home back here to Detroit. So I'm really excited about that. But not much movement on Michigan. A little early in the week uh, with some public money that moved it from 10 to 10.5 and, and opened at 10 at Bet Rivers. The money line kind of staying where it's been all week as well. Minus 455 for the Wolverines. Plus 325 for Iowa. The total 43.5. Over getting some play, minus 114. There's some sharps on the over in this game. And uh, under is minus 107. But another thing that's been very interesting to watch, and I told you weeks ago, I told you I made my bet, and this was, in a way, a small homer bet. This is what you do sometimes to have a little fun. I wasn't telling you to go out there and bet two, three, four hundred $400, whatever your unit play is. But a few weeks ago, after Michigan beat Indiana, and it was setting up for the you know one game possibly to rule them all to beat Ohio State to go to the Big Ten title game uh, and win the East. I, I said take a play on Michigan fifty to one, and I threw fifty bucks on it to win twenty five hundred. 
the line obviously is Michigan, you know, Penn State, uh, Michigan v. Penn State went down. Michigan State got their ass kicked by Ohio State, you know, went down. It was 50 to 1. Now, it is four and a half to one. Four and a half to one. They're the second favorite. They're number two in the CFP. Of course, those rankings came out last night. No surprise that Michigan is number two in the CFP. And it's an interesting scenario because if somehow, and I don't think it's going to happen, but if somehow Georgia loses to Alabama, the Wolverines will be number one. I mean, some will say Alabama should be number one. No, they will not be. Alabama's not played good football for a while. If they beat Georgia, they'll be number two. And, you know, Bama is number three. They're not going to jump Michigan if Michigan wins, unless, you know, Michigan wins on the last second, uh, last second Jake Moody Blues field goal and Alabama wins by 40. Maybe I could see that being the case. But otherwise, no. It's going to be Michigan one and, and probably Bama two and Georgia three. And then we'll see who the, the fourth team is, whether it's Cincy, OK State, or, or Notre Dame. But right now you got Georgia one, Michigan two, Bama three, Cincy four. Right now it'd be Michigan, Alabama in Dallas and Georgia, Cincinnati in Miami. But the Wolverines down to four and a half to one to win it all. Georgia minus 200, Alabama six to one, Oklahoma State 10 to one, Cincy 20 to one, Notre Dame 33 to one. They're the only teams that have a chance. I, I like a, a small play on both OK State and Cincy uh, because you're getting great value at 10 to one with Oklahoma State. And they probably have a better chance of getting in than Notre Dame, obviously. Uh, Cincinnati at 20 to one. I don't think Cincinnati's going to win the national title, but they're in right now, and you're getting 20 to one. And in a one-game rules of all scenario, both semis and finals, they're you know Riddler, they're they're good enough in the quarterback position and on defense to hang with some teams. But I think they're going to find themselves overmatched by pretty much anybody they face, especially if Michigan plays them in the two-three game in the college football playoffs. So those are the flyers I'm taking. A little money on Oklahoma State, a little on Cincy. I'm not I'm not taking Notre Dame at 33 to one. I don't think Notre Notre Dame's going to get in. They have so many things that have to happen to get them in. Now their coach is gone. Brian Kelly, what shocking news that was uh, to leave and go to LSU. Uh, definitely a great job. And I mean, he's doing a great job at Notre Dame, making a lot of money. But you know, money talks and you know what walks. Uh, let's take a look at the Lions. The Lions on Sunday. Ooh, what a sizzler that should be against Minnesota. I'm kidding. Uh, that line's been sticking at seven at Bet Rivers all week long. Uh, Minnesota minus seven, minus 109. I don't think we're going to see it come off of seven. Maybe very close to game time. Some sharps dump money on the Vikings, which I don't foresee happening. You might see it go with a built-in hook and get to seven and a half, but I think it's probably going to stick at seven, which is, of course, a key number in college and pro football. Lions minus 112 on that plus seven. Muddy line Vikings minus 295. Lions plus 250. The total 46 and a half over minus 112 under minus 109 and a big game in college basketball tonight can the Wolverines get back on track we saw that Ohio State was able to take down Duke as almost a double digit underdog last night and you got this you know uh, ACC Big Ten challenge going on Big Ten's been doing pretty well Michigan North well first half we'll start with Louisville and Michigan State Michigan State playing some good basketball Michigan State minus four uh, at the Breslin Center that's a 7-15 tip uh, against the Cardinals and then Michigan that game will be at 9 o'clock at North Carolina. And the Wolverines, this line has kind of floated 
all over the place for the last 24 hours. I saw some Michigan minus ones, then about one and a half, then twos, then two and a half. Right now at Bet Rivers, it's Michigan minus two and a half, minus 112. Lots of public and sharp money on the Wolverines. Uh, North Carolina plus two and a half, minus 109. Moneyline Michigan minus 143, up about 15, 20 bucks from about 24 hours ago. Uh, North Carolina plus 120, and the total is 151 over minus 109. Under minus 110. I think Michigan does get back on track. I think they, if they play their, you know, their their actual brand of top-level basketball, which you see at times this year, not, a, not enough if you're a Wolverine fan, they should beat North Carolina because they're more talented than them. But this game on the road, you got three freshmen. Michigan's not really been shooting the ball that well. I'm going to stay away from this game, but I might throw Michigan's money line in a couple parlays for uh, you know, blinks and giggles later tonight. Just because I'm in a, there's a lot of different college games that I, I like. Uh, you know, throughout the board tonight, I, I will give you a couple of them here, a little free play for you. Uh, but I, that's all I would do. It's not. It's more of just a play because I think Michigan is going to win the game, uh, and they should win the game. But it's not. There's not really any value on this. It's not a value play, which we always talk about on this show. That's what I'm really all about is giving you the best plays that give you the best value, like that Michigan 50 to one now at four and a half to one. I do like UNC Asheville though. Tonight in college hoops, uh, that's a 6.30 game, minus one and a half. And I like William and Mary getting 13, catching 13 and a half. That's a 7 o'clock game against Navy. I think Navy uh, is, actually that line has moved down, so you can't get it at 13 and a half anymore, down to 11 and a half. Uh, but I got it at 13 and a half. So there's still value on the, the 11 and a half. I think that Navy is not going to be good enough to blow out William and Mary. Actually, she's played some decent defense throughout the season, early season so far this year. All right, let's trip to the Motown betting window brought to you by our great friends at Bet Rivers. Now let's update you before we get to my man Dennis Fithian on the Dan Campbell approval poll. You can vote on this each and every week on my Twitter at DanLeach971. And just to give you an example of where we were at, we did this going back. Uh, it's been a, a before, obviously, maybe before the buy. I'll go back to the first one we did here and kind of let you know how it's gone throughout the, uh, you know, last several weeks. We started this in October. And Dan Campbell, this is after the, the, the Lions' uh, effort against the Rams and Stafford. 87% approval. All right? Then the next week, uh, I think it was coming off the bye, 64% approval for the Detroit Lions. Then, of course, things started getting really wacky. Uh, and the Lions, uh, I think this is after the Eagles game, uh, it went down to 65% approval for Dan Campbell. And then, you know, we get up to Thanksgiving and we have a brand new one. And after the Thanksgiving loss, 60, or excuse me, 70% right now, disapprove. First time it's gone underwater for Dan Campbell. Just 30% approve. At one point it was 87% approve. And now it's 30% approved. So Dan Campbell fading fast and deservedly so. Listen, Dan Campbell, I don't know if he's going to be a good coach. I think it's still too early to know for sure. But he's made a lot of boneheaded decisions. You know, different situations on fourth down, going for it too much. Kicking field goals, we need to go for touchdowns. Going for touchdowns, we need a field goal. The back-to-back timeouts. It does seem like this, you know, he's, he's overwhelmed. And this is, a, the moment's too much for him. Not that the Lions are a good team right now. But the, the moment of being an NFL head coach, as of now is too much for Dan Campbell. Now, that could change. 
This team is in a full rebuild. They don't have a lot of talent. They have their starting quarterback out. They have, you know, Okuda out for the season. They had DeAndre Swift banged up much of the year. They don't have depth at wide receiver. So there's that to factor things in. But Dan Campbell himself has made some boneheaded decisions. And if this keeps getting worse as the season goes on and the Lions go 0-16-1, they're not going to fire Dan Campbell. And if they went 0-17, could they have maybe just because just the metric, you know, just the, the eye test makes it feel so bad and gross. But I'll say this. Next year would be the year where things have to improve or I could see them firing him two years in to that six-year deal. So we'll see. But not good right now. Just 30% approved after the high watermark. Less than two months ago, 87% approved after that Rams game. All right. We're going to get right into it, my man. Dennis Fithian coming right up. Bet River Sportsbook wants you to be in control of your football bets. That's why players love the same game parlays at Bet Rivers. Same game parlays let you mix and match player props and game bets and gives a payout boost to the winning combinations you want to root for. Combine two bets or combine many. You pick your confidence level and then watch the game unfold. Bet on same game parlays at Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app or go to betrivers.com today. Must be 21. Playable in Michigan only. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-270-7117. The VEASAN Midseason Football Special is here. Put the VEASAN betting experts to work for you from now through February for only $99. Daily best bet emails, 24-7 video streaming, betting splits for every sport, point spread weekly, plus in-depth data and analysis on VEASAN.com. Sign up today at VEASAN.com slash subscribe and get everything we have to offer for the rest of the football season for only $99. That's vcin.com slash subscribe. And here he is. Guys, doesn't need an introduction because he's one of the great human beings and great broadcasters in the land. One of my all-time favorite people, longtime radio partner, great friend, just the great Dennis Fithian's here. Dennis, it's, it's always a pleasure and honor to see you. And what a week to be talking with you. Yeah, it's great to be here. Happy December. Yeah, can you believe it's December already? Where yeah, did the year I can, go? I can, I can, uh, I, I feel it. I feel every day, but it's good to be here. It's good to be in December and having a local team still playing college football. Yep, it's, you know, what it's good to, to do is be able to see Michigan beat Ohio State. And I want to, you know, you and I have done so many different shows on disgusting Wolverine losses and, is Harbaugh the right guy? And all these different things. But the bottom line is now, as we sit here on December 1st, 2021, a few days away from Michigan's first appearance in Indianapolis, you know, a few days removed from their first win over Ohio State in seemingly, I don't know, 50 years. That's what it felt like. And, and obviously the first in a big situation in forever. Wh- where are you at when you think about what Michigan was to come into this season? I know for me, and we talked about this earlier in the year, this is the lowest I'd bet on both the lines in Michigan in one season coming in together in forever, maybe my entire life. And to see the Wolverines, you know, 11 and one, two in the CFP, a win away from their first playoff appearance, their first trip to Indy. I'll tell you before I let you answer, I didn't think this was going to happen this year. What about you? Well, I thought that uh, they could go over seven and a half and I, I had a win in eight games, but I didn't think they would win more than eight. You know, nine was sounded pretty optimistic and after that you know you sounded like a homer you know if you picked anything (laughs) there and you know if somebody would have said before the season like uh and you know we talked all about it i said there's one game that they have to win that's non-negotiable and it's against michigan state like they lose that game 
and Jim Harbaugh, you know, it's not coming back following here. But, you know, somebody said, well, what if they lose that one and win all the rest? I'm like, well, what are we talking about? That's not going to happen. And that's exactly how it went down. You know, I didn't think even after, you know, the Washington game, it was impressive how they went out and, you know, had the ground and pound and, you know, ran for 345 yards. But it was like, you know, you got to have a passing game. I mean, this is college football 2021. You can't uh, line up and, you know, try to, you know, run a team off the field. But their one-two punch of Hassan Haskins and Blake Corum, you know, proved. I mean, that's their identity. Their identity is toughness, running the ball, and then playing off the uh, the uh, the running game. And it's worked magically. You, you mix in a, a defensive coordinator, Mike McDonald, who comes from the Ravens, 33 years old, and, you know, used some NFL concepts here. And, uh, you know, David Ajabo came out of nowhere. Aiden Hutchinson, you know, should be uh, on the short list. And a, and a guy with an opportunity to win the Heisman this weekend, it's uh, – been remarkable. The corners are covering, you know, three, four times better than they were last year. It's uh, a really a remarkable turnaround. Yeah, and, and you know the other big part of this, you mentioned Old McDonald as a far. What a great job McDonald has done, and even Gaddis, masterful play calling uh, in that game against Ohio State. Jim Harbaugh. It, it starts and ends with Jim Harbaugh, and it's no secret, Dennis. You and I have done many different shows throughout the years, especially the last few years, where I would start to question if Jim Harbaugh was the right guy. You kept me on task on that a lot, and a lot of other people as well, where they'd be like, listen, who do you want instead? I'd give them names, but, you know, it was about finding the right mix of coaching style and relinquishing some of the duties and getting the right people in there. And then finally this year, not just once, not just twice, not just three times, but now four times maybe, that in years past, they would have lost the Penn State game, would have lost the Wisconsin game. Heck, that was the first time they won as an underdog since 2015 under Harbaugh. They would have, you know, obviously they lost Michigan State, different scenario. They definitely would have lost the Ohio State game, and of course Nebraska, and they've won all four. I know that I've had my issues with Jim Harbaugh, not as a person, obviously, not as a coach, because he is a great coach. He's been a great coach, just wasn't a great coach at Michigan. What do you think this can do? And obviously they still got to beat Iowa and go to the playoff, but even if they lost in the first playoff game, it seems like Jim Harbaugh, I know it's year seven, which I thought it was crazy that we're talking year seven, but it seems like this could be a jumping off point where maybe that win over Ohio State, a trip to the playoffs, maybe Jim Harbaugh from now on is going to be the guy that we always thought he was going to be. Maybe. You know, he said it was a beginning after the game. He said it felt like a beginning, you know, not to, you know, getting the monkey off his back and then getting it off uh, Michigan's back, you know, after losing 15 of 16, but... You know, you go back and, you know, you watch them last year, and it was the pandemic. They only won two games, but the team looked like it quit. Uh, you know, he didn't look good. He looked a little haggard, and, and he said there's nothing against him personally. But I don't know what was going on in his personal life, but I'll tell you what, you know, he kind of looked run down when he talked, you know, sure. and, and that's what happens when you're losing ball games. But I think he went out and, you know, lost some weight, came in with a little bounce of the step. You know, people talk about that contract, and, uh, you know, he, he had it slashed in half, and he came back, and he, you know, he's went back to like the old days, like we're going to be tough. We're going to run the ball. We're going to play defense. And, and uh, you know, here it is. It, it worked out for him. I thought he said something interesting on Monday in his press conference. And, you know, you might've said, Oh boy, you know, rolled your eyes a little bit if you weren't a Michigan fan, but he said it felt a little bit like Saturday was like back in the miracle on ice when the USA, you know, <laughs> beat the Russians, uh, beat the Russians. And, you know, that wasn't the gold medal game. Two days later, they had to play Finland. Yep. But you know what? Columbus, you know, kind of the Soviet Union here, and, they, you know, they'd been dominant. They looked so scary. And, you know, when USA won, it was like, hey, they won the gold medal. They won the gold Well, they didn't. They had to go out, and they had to complete the task. And, you know, they got to beat Iowa uh, to validate this past week. I mean, it'll still be – it was still awesome. It doesn't take away that they 
were able to vanquish, um, you know, the Buckeyes. But if you're able to win the first Big Ten crown since 2004, then you have three, three and a half weeks to be top of mind and be in the CFP. You might draw Cincinnati, which I you know Michigan, like they could beat Cincinnati. They'd I think be a favorite for sure. Yeah, I think it would be pretty close. If uh, you know, is a, a two-loss Alabama team. That's not like an Alabama team. That even the one that had Mac Jones and the, the uh, uh, quartet of wide receivers with Devontae Smith and all the Henry Ruggs and down the line there, uh, they're not as scary as they were just in that bowl game a couple of years ago. And, you know, whoever else is going to be there at Michigan, I think would be favored against Oklahoma state. I know yep. they're better than Notre Dame. So, you know, besides Georgia who really hasn't beat anybody themselves, uh, you know, here we are talking about Michigan, maybe getting to the championship game and being a favorite They're We know they're playing Iowa and, you know, they're likely going to play Cincinnati. Uh, I think they can win both of those games. So things are, uh, it, it's amazing what one win could do for you. It, it feels like everything is the sky is opened up. It's blue. Everything like that you talked about when Jim Harbaugh came in, even after it was such a, you know, there's such misery year after year, uh, you know, but here it is. This is what everybody hoped for. And, you know, they had to wait a long time, but now here it is. Yeah. And it's, it's great. Uh, you brought up so many great things there. And I was reading an article, I think it was a CBS article just about like rivalries and, and streaks against Oklahoma and a, a super long uh, losing streak against uh, Oklahoma state and against Oklahoma. And of course the Wolverines and the Buckeyes. And the, the main point of the article was streaks are, are streaks until they're not anymore. And you know, it, like you said, one game and I kind of wanted to, to, to get your feel on this because yeah, the task at hand, and I, it felt like I was in the miracle and I was on the field that Saturday, storming for the first time since I was a youngster in much better shape, but still good looking in 1997. They still have that, you know, a job to do. And they, they got to at least win the Big Ten. I'm not saying the goal is just to win the Big Ten and then, yay, we're in the playoff. Because the, the playoff is very tough. It's the four best teams in the country. And this is a crazy, you know, era where the SEC teams like Georgia and Bama and some others have had such great recruiting advantages. But you mentioned Oklahoma, Cincinnati, Oklahoma State, Cincinnati, possibly Notre Dame. You got teams, even a two-loss Bama team, it's not nearly as good as they've been, as you mentioned. That Michigan would definitely have a real chance at in years past, maybe not. I mean, look at the Spartans. Not to bring up the Spartan example, but they lost 38 to nothing because that level of the SEC is such a head of, of where the Big Ten is, other than Ohio State. But you look at this one game and all the recruits that were there, Dennis, and seeing that sea of field, our, our friend John Bacon, who's covered Michigan since I think he was two years old, never saw anything like that in his life when he tweeted out the picture of everyone on the field. All these different people that were bringing up these feelings of just, you know, unbelievable joy after, as you mentioned, all the tough, brutal defeats and losses and vomit-inducing situations. Can this one game, even though they still have a business to do, but that one game, beating the Buckeyes the way they did, physically mauling them, taking it to them, you know, wanting it more than them, making them look silly at times later in that game and, and, and starting to press and not know what the Buckeyes wanted to do to themselves or for themselves because they weren't in those situations. Could that game, regardless of what happens the rest of this year, that be the tipping point where, all right, a kid saying, Ohio State, Michigan, sure, I'm going to go to Michigan. Harbaugh, they're having fun. They're they're pumping, pumping up on the sideline and they got those chairs and they're lifting the chairs up and they're dancing and could this, that one game, tip the program scales towards something that maybe we thought wasn't going to happen a few years ago? Probably, maybe. I think if they go out and win the, you know, the win Saturday, it's much more likely because you just think about it in the numbers standpoint. Like everybody watched it, it did great numbers and everything and uh, this past Saturday. And so they have an extra week where they're going to be top of mind, the top billing on Saturday, all about Michigan, college football playoffs. So they get this extra week, which is worth gold, you know, and, 
in uh, you know, for the recruits and just for Michigan's brand and everything else. But if they win that game, then they get all the way to December 31st yep. until New Year's Eve when they play in the semifinal. Then, you know, every show, every day, you know, they're talked about continually after that, like Alabama and Georgia and Ohio State have been, you know, seemingly for the past 10, 20 years, uh, certainly the past 10 years. So it's worth its weight in gold. It's worth its weight in a lot of different ways, just being able to get that W on Saturday. But, yeah, I mean, yeah. You, you slay the dragon. You always want more. And then what it could mean for you. You know, it reminds me a little bit, of, you know, the cross-up sports a little bit. I remember when the Tigers were in 2006. They had this big lead, and they were going to make the playoffs, and they kept falling and falling and falling, and they ended up not winning the the uh, the division, the Central that year. The, the Royals tripped them up, like, I think, on the last day. And, you know, yep. it felt like they were backing into the playoffs. It was kind of like, okay, you know, hey, they, they made the playoffs. But they had to play the Yankees. It was down. They were going to play the Yankees. They were going to play the A's. Uh, and they ended up having to play the Yankees, which, you know, everybody thought was a terrible draw. They lost to the Yankees in game one. Jeter was four for four. And I was like, okay, you know, they're just happy to be here. But then they slayed that dragon and, and it, it catapulted them, you know, to uh, to the World Series. You know, they swept the A's. And then after that, really for the next uh, 14 years, not every single year, but, you know, they became it became a baseball town. And uh, it, one, one year, it, it can do that for you. And college football is way different, but. We, we know that what has stood in Michigan's way this entire time has been uh, Ohio State. And so, you know, you got to beat them. I do remember in 99 going down and was doing a, a radio show in Columbus, and I'm making fun of John Cooper, nothing but Buckeye fans. And <laughs> in, uh, I think, 12 years, like, so they won that year. You know, Cooper was, I think, 2-10-1, so – like, they'd only had one win in 12 years, and I was just like, everybody would be like, boo! I'd be like, hey, you guys might win. You know, you'd have a shot. But really, that's how Ohio State fans were looking at me this year when I was up there, you know, and they're like, oh, yeah, you guys really got a shot. So, yeah, that point about the, the rivalries turning around, it, it can happen. And this one, there's been huge swats that have gone, uh, you know, the opponent. Now, I'm not predicting that Michigan's going to rip off, you know, the next decade or so, but the, you just win a couple years, look what it can do for you. And and this year, the way things are lining up, you know, you already mentioned it, you know, some of those teams, I remember Derrick Henry against Michigan State, it was uh, uh, Calhoun, you know, he's a big defensive end, he's playing for Tampa still, he came up, and, and Derrick Henry just like, threw him to the ground like a little rag doll, I was just like, wow, <laughs> they got no chance in this game, yep. and, you know, it, it's not going to be like that uh, this year, it, it's wide open, you know, you can say it's down, but everybody wanted different, it was getting a little stale, you know, it was nothing but Alabama, Clemson and Ohio State and, you know, throw in somebody else in there once in a while. But if uh, if Georgia wins, all of the, you know, the the power fives uh, champions will be different this year if they go yep. through and are able to do that. So uh, it's a different year. It's fun. And, and of course, if you're somebody that, uh, you know, likes Michigan, it's it's, you know, really fun. Doesn't get much better. By the way, great use of the word SWATs. And that one nine and one era, that Cooper era when Michigan was nine one and one was was uh, phenomenal. Let's talk about Iowa though. And you know, this Iowa defense is top fifteen in scoring allowed, it's top fifteen in yards allowed, but so is Michigan. And the, the Michigan offense is clearly superior. Uh, especially with, you know, you mentioned Corum and Haskins had five touchdowns against Ohio State and the way they were able to maul uh, the Buckeyes on Saturday. But, you know, against Iowa and against a good defense because the Buckeyes did not have a good defense, maybe the Wolverines could go back to kind of, you know, not, I don't want to bring up the term speed and space fifth, but, I you know, doing a little more 
balance on offense and, and getting Cade back there and throwing to Anthony and you know throwing to you know some screen passes. How do you see the game on Saturday night at Lucas Oil Field, which I think is going to be a virtual Michigan home game? Not that I won't have fans there, but just for I mean I'll be out there. I, I know from what I know, ticket wise, it seems like maybe seventy percent of the fans there are going to be Michigan fans. Yeah, as much as you might think there's going to be some kind of dynamic uh, dynamic game plan, I think uh, it's going to be ground and pound. I think they're going to come out and try to punch Iowa in the mouth. And, you know, Iowa, you start looking at their stats, number one in defensive efficiency in the Big Ten. And, you know, they, uh, you, you look at some of the games they play. But they didn't play Ohio State. They didn't play Michigan State. And they didn't play Michigan. And you look at their uh, their offensive line there, they give up a lot of sacks. And, you know, that's not good when you got Michigan coming at you with Hutchinson and Ajabo. So, I like Tyler Goodson. I think he's a hell of a back. I think he's a he's. You know, I wouldn't surprise me if he got picked. Uh, you know, the third round of the draft, and you know, he'll be a good NFL back. I think he's that good. But other than that, there's not a lot of playmakers. So I think nope. Michigan stays to their game plan and goes with their. Uh, I'd say one, two, three punch now with with Donovan Edwards in the passing game, and you know, then they can just take their shots. You know, uh, with Cade McNamara, if they're having a little success in that running game, I think it'll be a, a low scoring game. Uh, really tight at the half, but I just think Michigan will will their way and be able to uh, to win this game. And I think in the fourth quarter, I see them tacking on an extra touchdown or two, and uh, I, I think they're going to win by double digits. Uh, I'd lay the ten and a half. Yeah, I was going to ask about that. By the way, you mentioned Tyler Goodson, 1,100 yards, six touchdowns. The lineup at Rivers right now, Michigan minus 10.5. It's kind of stuck there all week, open to 10. I thought, you know, I always predict what I think the lines are going to be. I thought it would be 13, so I was a little off on that. Uh, I'm with you on the double digits. Do you think the line is what it should be? Because it's kind of stuck there for the last several days. There has been some, obviously, there's always public money on Michigan, but not a lot of sharp action on them. I don't think there's a lot of sharp money on this game in general right now. Maybe there will be closer to game time. But does 10.5 seem about right to you? Because I think Michigan should win by at least double digits, maybe 14 to 17. Well, I, what am I picking? 27 to 14. So, uh, you know, it's pretty close, you know, to yeah, where I cover. think it should be. And it's a cover and it's an under. Uh, I like both of those things. It's the biggest number on championships uh, Saturday. So, I mean, I don't know how high you want to go. I, but, you know, I, I think it's, you know, 10 is about right, you know, so where it should be here. And, you know, on the other side, I, I like the – I don't know what it is. I haven't looked at, um, you know, the numbers on championship Saturday. But it feels like the, uh, the favorites uh, win and they win big. And uh, that's what I think is going to happen Saturday. I like the dogs, not at six and a half over the tide and I like the Wolverines over the Hawkeyes and I really like the under in the Michigan Iowa game. Yeah, I think listen, we we know that Iowa, I think Iowa's only way to win that game is to keep it low scoring and and I think as long if you're Michigan, why not just run ball control offense? Have Haskins and and Corum and, and however you want to run your, you know, use the running game and just kind of eat time off that clock and make Iowa have to beat you uh, on, you know, quick drives. Let's say Michigan goes up 21 to nothing. I'm not saying they're going to. But if Michigan's got a, a two-score, three-score lead, Iowa's going to get out of their comfort zone. And you mentioned Goodson, which is a good part of their offense. They don't have a lot of skill players. And that could really be what tips the balance of that game. If it's a close one going to the third, fourth quarter, then Iowa kind of has Michigan where they want them. Well, I still think I think it is going to be kind of close through the third uh, quarter. You know, you look at a lot of Michigan games besides that Maryland game, which was 24-3 at the half. Uh, you know, most of the game's been pretty tight. I guess Michigan was up pretty big on Michigan State, but we know what happened in that game. But most of the games have been uh, one-score games. Uh, I expect this one to be the same thing, same thing in the third quarter. But I think Michigan just gets – 
and kind of exerts their will to, in, in, you know, their offensive line, especially on the interior. Like I know John Madden was texting Jim Harbaugh, like it was the best offensive line performance I've ever seen, but you know, <laughs> you start breaking on that tape and, and look at those guys inside. Like, you know, this is an incredible offensive line and what they have going right now, the technique that they're playing with and everything else. And then the backs that they're running at you, uh, you know, I, I believe teams do come together and peak at the right time. And Michigan looks like they are peaking that way. If this was a, a game that was in the regular season and somehow Michigan and Ohio State were playing in the middle of the year, you want to talk about, well, this game would be a letdown. I could see right. that. But with the senior leadership that they have and that they're playing for a championship and that they're playing for the college football playoff, I don't think there's going to be a letdown here. I, I think uh, I, I like the over. I'm, I'm sorry. I like the under the most. And then I like Michigan, uh, you know, to just in the fourth quarter make the plays where they're going to, you know, get up by double digits and then, you know, be able to win this game. Yeah, I think this team is just too loose. I mean, I mentioned the stuff on the sidelines and lifting the chairs up and smiling and obviously getting that experience to, you know, have the, the fans, 20-whatever thousand fans storm the field. And, and listen, on the Iowa side, they beat Northwestern Minnesota. That was a big win. Illinois and Nebraska on the road, four in a row. They've obviously, after they recovered after those bad losses, uh, to Purdue and, and Wisconsin. They lost 24-7 to Purdue and got blasted at Wisconsin 27-7. They've recovered, but just ba- based on what we've seen, and, and, and you know, yes, letdowns can happen, and these are college kids. They're 18-year-olds to 22-year-olds. They're not, you know, pros. It's, it's, and even it happens to pros, too. This Michigan team is so talented, Dennis, and we kind of laid out there why. Uh, they know what's at hand here, and, and that's, you know, one of the things I wanted to ask you about this is if Michigan wins... And you have that time, you kind of mentioned the lead up to the playoff. When it comes down yeah. to playing, let's say Michigan does move on and win. you got one team in Georgia that's clearly better than everyone else. But it just seems like right now, who wants to play Michigan? I mean, maybe even Georgia doesn't want to play them. I think Georgia's obviously a better team than Michigan. Probably be a touchdown favor over them on a neutral field if they played in, in Indy for the title game. Or even in the first round in Dallas, uh, if it, it got to a 2-3 if Georgia lost to Alabama. Who, who wants to play the Wolverines right now? They You mentioned coming together. I think this team is at the highest possible apex, hopefully not the highest yet the rest of the year. They can play even better games. But they, they, they have, they're they by far playing their best football right now. Well, there's no doubt about that. I mean, the, the dogs, like, you know, they don't have to take a backseat to anybody. I, I have uh, Jordan Davis, Godzilla, at number 99, as uh, my Heisman favorite, you know, heading into this weekend here. I think, you know, that could be a, a, a pretty big brick wall, you know, that would that, that Michigan could run into. That's what sure. Iowa's going to have to do. They're going to have to sell out and stop the run. But one thing Iowa, into their big games, think about that Penn State game, is, you know, they've, they've been able to come up with big turnovers. And, you know, Michigan, I know Cade McNamara did throw on that second series and interception, but really the Wolverines haven't turned the ball over. McNamara's done a good job, uh, per, uh, you know, not throwing uh, bad balls. And, and even in that one, you know, that was in his own uh, – uh, in, in the end zone there, so he didn't turn it over in his own end. So uh, I think, that, you know, for for Michigan here, uh, other teams watch them. And, you know, college football, when, when everybody's zigging one way and it's like, hey, pass happy, let's put up a lot of points and, you know, let's stretch the field and spread and do all these other things. Michigan's thrown it back to the 70s. They're ground and pound, and all of a sudden, you know, it's it's physicality. It's, it's every It's every down, having to fill the holes and – and, and work on this running game, and teams aren't prepared for that. You know, uh, the Hawkeyes will work on that, but that hasn't been, you know, been. They're teams that are spreading the field and looking to do other things. I think that's a factor uh, as well. And I know college football has a lot of different 
teams that try to do different things. But, you know, Michigan bringing in a, a powerhouse running game that's coming at you and trying to, you know, take your will and, you know, and being physical there. I know a lot of people raise their eyebrows. Everybody that I've heard commenting on the game, you know, has, uh, has talked about the, you know, the line and the physicality and, and Michigan being able to just exert their will. So, uh, you know, that, that's a big factor Saturday and it'll be a, a factor like, you know, Cincinnati hasn't seen any team that's coming at them firing off the ball like Michigan. I know that. Maybe some of us, I mean, including myself, are wrong. Uh, you know, everyone kind of roll their eyes. And, you know, what, what is this, the 70s or three yards in a cloud of dust, this whole hardball plan? Maybe it just took them the seven years to get it together and they're going to win a national championship out of it. All right, fifth, before I let you go, and it's such an honor and pleasure as always to talk with you. Uh, all roads are hopefully in the future leading back to you and I working together because we, we love that. But I know you've got a great thing going on right now. Please let everyone know what you're doing and how they can get involved with it. Yeah, well, most people know about Rivals, uh, Rivals.com, and the uh, Maize and Blue Review is a part of Rivals.com. I do a daily pod, uh, Maize and Blue Review. Uh, I'm, I'm there, I, and I'm on after every Michigan basketball and football game, which includes tonight against North Carolina. So uh, you go to YouTube and you know uh, put TMBR in there. I'll be on there. Uh, go to Twitter, find my Twitter page. I'm retweeting all those things, and so it's, it's a lot of fun. You know, covering Michigan – it, it, it's fun covering te- it's it's fun covering sports, but when you you cover teams that, you know, since the pandemic, I went back and, and helped out Ann Arbor the basketball team last year. It was it was just a treat being able to to watch them and then you know cover them and then you know now with the football team kind of coming out of nowhere, you know it's been a treat too. So uh, yeah, I mean you, know, you like Michigan, the Maize and Blue Review is the place to be. It's the perfect fit for you. You're, you're king fifth for a reason, and to be involved with that, I couldn't be happier. So please check that out. Uh, amazing blue review. And you mentioned the YouTube and on your Twitter, Dennis 15 as well. Uh, fifth, uh, I know uh, you, I, I will, I know you're not going to be there on Saturday. We'll be there in spirit and I will send you tons of pictures and videos as always. And, uh, can't wait to see you soon. And maybe, maybe this year, uh, the Wolverines find a way to do something that I didn't think they had a chance of doing. Many people didn't think they had a chance of doing it. And, and maybe, maybe they're in a national chance. I mean, I, I was seeing, I was, I have these weird dreams and visions sometimes. And I had the vision about the Ohio State game. I picked it 42-39. People thought I was nuts. But I, I, I keep seeing at times when I go to bed finally at like 8 in the morning or I'm out playing the slots or whatever, doing a scoot, scooting around town. I, I see Michigan in the national title game. And it just doesn't make any sense. Like, it actually really could happen, and it's not that crazy right now. I, I, I'm sure you appreciate this. I took the Wolverines at 50 to one at Bet Rivers after the Indiana win. They're down to four and a half to one to win it all, and I, it was more just a fun bet. I was like, "Hey, they're going to win the national title," but if they beat Iowa, they've got a legitimate chance. Like, I think better than 50 percent to be in the national title game. That's kind of crazy. Well, you know, the thing about Indy, um, you know, my dad lived in Arkansas and I used to go drive, you know, to see him all the time. And uh, there was a few times like in 16 and 18 that I took the weekend off, you know, thinking that I was going to go to Indianapolis to, to watch Michigan. Of course, they lost to Ohio State. So but I would still go down to visit my dad. So I know uh, here in Michigan, you take 94 to Coldwater and that's when 69 yep. intersection. You go right down. And it takes you right by if you're going to Arkansas, like you're going to Lucas Oil. It takes you right there. You know, you go right by it and, you know, right down then to Terre Haute, you know, down through the Arkansas. But, you know, those couple of years I'd look over and I'd say, there it is. You know, look, <laughs> I mean, it's like you see it, you know, you can say, oh, there it is. And it's coming over there. And then you drive right by it. You're like, one time, one time. One time. A, we can taste it. Just one, one time, back. please. You can see now it what? for miles coming. You can see it for miles going. And, 
you know, doing it on the weekends when I thought that I was going to be there, just driving right by, you know, Hey, you know, there it is. So yeah, have fun. It'll be a great, uh, it'd be a great experience, you know, being in that stadium and Indianapolis is a great town, great sports town to begin with. It is. It's awesome. And you are an amazing person to be with. Thank you so much for your time as always look forward to, to do this again soon and keep up the great work of Amazing Blue Review. I, I heard, I, was it the first show you would see Jay Barrett? I believe that was maybe your first basketball show. Uh, well, he came on after the uh, exhibition game against Wayne State. So, yeah, yeah, he jumped on. So I Jay, was in. Yeah, he jumps on every once in a while. He's part of the team there. You know, he's, that guy, he's not going to be in sports media very long. He's too sharp, man. He's got, you know, bigger fish to fry. But it's nice to have him. You know, while he's working on, you know, his advanced degrees and everything else. So it's nice to have him, you know, while he's, uh, you know, got some time here to stop, you know, and, and pull some of his expertise. You know, he started out, uh, he went in his freshman year to the championship game, you know, against Villanova. So uh, and that was with Beeline. And then he was there as, uh, as Juwan Howard came in. So, uh, you know, and what they were able to do last year and get that close. So he's got a wealth of, uh, of knowledge, firsthand knowledge about uh, the last two coaches and the basketball team. So it's nice to have him around. Yep, we'll keep up the great work on that. We'll definitely have to have you back on and talk some hoops soon, and hopefully a lot more football, too. Uh, Dennis Fithian, please give him a follow on Twitter, at Dennis Fithian, and check out the Maze and Blue Review. Dennis, always a pleasure and honor, uh, and let's hope for the best this weekend. It's a great time in sports, man. Coaches moving, you know, and it's, uh, this, is what, this is what we like, man. It's, it's great, so enjoy it. Thanks, for everybody, for watching. Thanks for having me on. Big thanks again to my man, Dennis Fithian. Give him a follow on Twitter, at Dennis Fithian. Check out... The Maze and Blue Review, one of my all-time favorite people. And professionally, people ask me you know, all the time, who's your favorite guy to work with? Who's been your favorite guy to work with? And the answer is always the same. It's always Dennis. And me and Dennis did show, shows for years together. And hopefully uh, that'll happen again in the future as well. Before we get out of here today on Wild Wednesday, how about a wild contract? My producer, not the biggest fan of this one, but listen, the Tigers are trying to build themselves back into a contender I think that Alvio's done a pretty decent job drafting so far over the last couple of years, getting guys like Joe and getting guys like Casey Mize. Uh, and, of course, uh, you know, when you look at what uh, what this team is, is trying to be and being willing to spend money now and having guys like Torkelson in the pipeline and Riley Green and others and having a, a solid pitching staff, but now getting a good second baseman. And, yeah, maybe the terms of this deal are, are not the, the greatest – for a team that's trying to rebuild, but you got to take some chances. And Javi Baez is a pretty good player. I feel gr- very happy for my nephew, the Owiz, uh, who is his all-time favorite athlete. Six years is the official deal. $140 million guaranteed with a second-year player opt-out clause. So that's not, I mean, you would owe, obviously, the rest of that money, but you got $140 million guaranteed. And, and most of the times in baseball, now, most of that money is guaranteed anyway. It's not like the NFL. But when you guys got guys like Correa that are, you know, getting... You're going to get over three, four, you know, almost $400 million. The Texas Rangers have a middle infield of $500 million. Uh, I think that six years, $140 million is not that crazy. I think Baez, I, I guess he can at times be a boom and bust guy. He is a guy that, you know, career batting average is 264, but he's got 149 home runs, 465 driven in. He's won a World Series. He won the Gold Glove a couple years ago. He's won the Silver Slugger. He led the NL in RBI in 2018. Uh, you know, this is a guy that he was the NLCS MVP in 2016. That if the Tigers do get to the playoffs, when that hopefully happens in the next couple of years, he could be a huge factor for you in said playoff series or series. And that's a, a key for a team that's trying to get out of the doldrums. Phantom Tolu doldrums and move 
to the future. So the deal is official. We've known that it's basically been official for a few days now, but it's official, official. Now the Tigers have released that. He actually got signed on his birthday. So happy birthday, Javi Baez. And my nephew is over the moon, the OWIS. Six years, $140 million guaranteed with that second year opt-out clause to be the Tigers' uh, shortstop slash second baseman based on the day, but obviously mainly to be a shortstop. All right, that's going to do it for us here on the Detroit CityCast Wild Wednesday edition. Thanks again to Dennis Fifty. we got a huge rest of the week for you, previewing the Big Ten title game in Indy. I'll be there. We'll have a post-game reaction show. Uh, as soon as I get back from uh, the, the beautiful Lucas Oil Field, it might be a little early in the morning, but we will get it up there. And, of course, the Lions and Vikings on Sunday. We'll have an instant reaction show and a new, brand-new Dan Campbell approval poll after that one as well. Until next time, keep reaching for the stars. Believe in the dream, the Squatch, Dan Leach. And for Dennis Fifty and the great Stephen Jung, my fine producer, out.